It was a hardy boy mission in charge to unravel Sounds from the stars, sometimes it's pure babble But back to the gravel, we comb the blocks Looking for the predators that roam the blocks Not a gang or tax payer outsmart the fox It's the red tape and politics that run the flocks Put up a grid of the city and connect the dots Residents, our meal tickets must protect our stocks Investments in Glocks, tasers and flak jackets Interacting with scholars on down to crack addicts Deadbeat dads vanishing like black magic Now moms prostitute to survive and that's tragic Traffic stops recorded on dashboard camps Or tenants complaining about landlord scams And that's only part of what's addressed on the beat Plus there's tension at the station so we're stressed on the street No sweet taste for some that don't eat tea Rising in the ghetto sometimes we don't meet Older, tired of the older of the street Tired of the street lights, tired of the freaks Tired of the I ain't mean to do it Help a brother out man, you ain't really black You just fronting for the white man Too blue to be black, too black to be blue Too blue to be black, too black to be blue Too blue to be black, too black to be blue Too blue to be black, too black to be blue Too blue to be black, too black to be blue Too blue to be black, too black to be blue Too blue to be black, too black to be blue Too blue to be black, too black to be blue Dispatch is eyes and ears, that's the way it works All points bulletin, units stay alert down the strip, got a tip that a dope boy's about to pie flip for a grip. Jip told the whole story, now we out like Cape Crusaders, trying to elevate the ranks like elevators. They all hate us, from our disposition is just a job, man, tell them what our mission to is. To protect and serve as our vocation, from tracking a violator of probation to surveilling a location. Hostage negotiations, show the patience employed when we avoid violence but no ovations. Clap, clap, the guns go, funds never possible. Living in a city where your skin is an obstacle whether you a cop or a shop on the front end with bricks in the back man it don't mean nothing caught between the rock and the hard place and the color of my face caught between the rock and the hard place Who's a pioneering member of the force from a youth I took the path resembling his course And was raised in the neighborhoods and paid to patrol As a group, the pastor at the church prayed for my soul Now my partner gave it history lessons while we're progressing Got another perk in back of the car, he ain't confessing Another brother going on chill, he looking guilty as hell But at the same time, I'm thinking it's ill Caught between the rock and a hard place All right, welcome back to Too Blue to Be Black, Too Black to Be Blue. I'm your host, Marv Desarge, and uh, we are here on My Tribe Radio Network, powered by Brass Radio 1. And uh, today we got uh, uh, the good lieutenant is already on the line. Say hello, hello. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing today? All right, all right. And we got got Owen. Uh, He's on mute right now, handling some business offline. But uh, and then uh, soon as... 
Oh, okay. Well, man, bring yourself on in. Bring that volume up, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back, though. Yeah, okay. Good, good. We want to hear you, so stay close on that mic. And then, uh, uh, I don't know, well, I'm going to shoot another text out to uh, to Kyle. I think he got uh, he got stuck on something here, but um, uh, he's going to give me a call, he says, as soon as he, uh, he break away. Okay, so... All right, all right. Well, actually, no. It looks like you're not gonna be able to make it, so that's all right. That's all good. It's us three. Um, we're gonna see what we can do uh, to try and have somebody step in and be uh, the independent. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but good um, luck with that. <laughs> but uh, hey, you know we uh, uh we I, I sent you guys that itinerary. I'm gonna go over it again for our uh, our listeners out there. Uh, we started out Wednesday, man. We had a, a real good uh, conversation going about the. Uh, uh, the NFL and and the pro sports uh, doing their um their updated rollout here. Uh, the NFL hasn't missed a beat. You know they're going to go uh, virtual with the draft, and then we'll see if the uh, the season is going to be uh, a normal season uh, near the fall here. But uh, uh, the other part that we were talking about on Wednesday was uh, the testing. Um, that uh, for the coronavirus, uh, how that was being rolled out, you know, what communities were getting, uh, you know, brought into uh, to find out and identify who has it or who had it, uh, you know, and the preventative measures from there. Um, and that that really sparked uh, some things. And, and then, you know, we start throwing in some of the satellite issues of, you know, social distancing and, and people uh, uh, abiding by it and not abiding by it. Uh, in several different uh, places in in the country, and of course our local um, politics got uh, uh, thrust into it because we had uh, some some local violence and and an individual that was shot and killed, and and then uh, of course you know his his uh, supporters, his lovers, his family uh, members, you know they they were out uh, tributing uh, his life, uh, but not in a socially responsible fashion, and, and so that sparked some uh, some uh, some outrage. Um, you know, from from different groups, but it, the important part was that um, it was some racial uh, overtone to that. Uh, so we got that that we covered on Wednesday, and uh, you know, the added piece to that today was that uh, we got a three phase rollout. Uh, and so I, I'm, you know, I'm watching the news. I know you guys are watching the news, and um, you know, some places it sounds like it's gonna. It's going to be for the benefit of the the community, but then other places it sounded more like it's an economical uh, uh, drive and and not so much about people's uh, safety. So that's the topics that's on the table for now. I'm sure we're going to roll into some other things as we always do. Uh, But hey, man, um, yeah, that's what we got. So, you know. We're going to try to keep this thing within our two-hour limit. We're going to do a few commercials here and there, but, you know, we get to talking. Right, Lou? Uh, and yeah. Really. <laughs> but I don't know, man. What, what, what's your feel? Now, we'll let Owen start out since he, he missed out Wednesday. We'll, we, I'm sure he's got a lot to, to, to add to uh, the conversation because we, we really got it going on Wednesday. Oh, So which, what you got, man? Uh, which one you want to jump on first there and, and, and kind of address that that's on your mind? Well, I kind of want to uh, backtrack to um, the city council man and his his comments, you okay. know, which were totally, totally insensitive. Uh, but I think, you know, we have, for some reason, kind of pushed to the back burner that there has always been some sense of racial animus between our Hispanic community and our black community. Uh-huh. So, 
to hear that, it just brought it back to me. It brought it back to the forefront that there's always been a problem, but it's never really been dealt with because of whatever else might be going on in the world. And for um, him to make the statements about, you know, the black leaders, and I think you posted on your Facebook page about how, you know, well, where were the Hispanic leaders after the Puerto Rican fest um, over the last 10 years coming to uh, the forefront and controlling their people, so to speak. So it's, it's one of those things that we really need to, you know, we need to we need to get to the bottom of, you know, uh, because black and brown people are marginalized all over this country. And if we can't come together and, you know, um, solidify our rights, our civil liberties, then they're going to continue to take advantage. Uh, and when I say they, those people who are in power will continue to take advantage of the fact that we don't get along and they will continue to uh, uh, divide us. Uh, as people of color, absolutely. So, so I guess to uh, to address uh, what you mentioned, yeah, uh, definitely on my Facebook, um, I uh, I uh, you know I missed the initial uh, comments and uh, that he had made uh, and, and the apology I caught on a reread uh, that he made, and, and so I I spoke to because uh, I posted uh, you know his statement uh, the the apology, and then I I spoke to. The whole fact of the matter that, you know, he wasn't wrong and pointing out that, you know, what the behavior was irresponsible. But the thing that, that really stuck out for me was the fact that, uh, you know, this young man uh, is a, uh, uh, a uh, elected official. He, he was voted in by the people, which is all the people, not just uh, Hispanics came out and got him in the office. He had black folk that came out and voted for him, white folk that, uh, you know, you can go down the ethnic and, and even the uh, sexual identity as far as gay, uh, straight, lesbian, the, the whole LGBTQIA, because I was marching in parades with him. Uh, in in around my um, uh, parade position when I was running for for elected official as well, and I know that he had the support of everyone. So for him to come out, uh, and that's what I had placed in my my response was for him to come out and be so uh, culturally uh, unaware, insensitive, ignorant, however you want to coin that phrase. And make the statement of uh, like we as black people uh, is even more egregious that we should uh, be out here disregarding the social uh, distancing uh, policy that the governor set for all New, New Yorkers uh, or to uh, then throw his peers under the bus. You know, those elected officials that walked with them and supported him in his campaign, he is now going to point them out uh, and, and be so insensitive to act like it's their responsibility as black people. Uh, when, you know, if he knew his history as a, uh, an, uh, a Latin American or Hispanic, however you want to identify uh, in the Spanish community, um, for him to understand that the history of uh, Hispanics and Latin American is that you are the descendants of African. Okay, you are a Pan-African as well. So for you to hate yourself 
to come out and make it sound like you are separate from that group and then to throw your peers under the bus, knowing how much the black and brown community suffer uh, uh, in, in not having all the representation that they should get in institutions uh, like when they get uh, last to get hired, first to get fired. Uh, the school system is not teaching uh, an all inclusive uh, historical uh, construct of America. And then uh, the teachers resources are less than some other districts. You know, because I sat on the school board, so I know uh, teaching in one district and sitting on the school board in another district, I know how uh, the monies may come out like they're fair and equal. But when you look at the resources and you look at the lack of resources in other places, you know that that's not the case. So that's what that's really stuck with me with him was when he made that statement like that. And so that's when I posted. And of course, some people, you know, had comments that, you know, I could care less. Because my thing is, it was irresponsible for them to be out there, just like it was for uh, the Hasidic Jew, uh, Jewish members that were out there in their funeral procession in New York City. And they were spitting on police officers down there. Or what we're now finding out is white nationalists. They weren't just uh, protesters in Lansing, Michigan, because they was carrying the Confederate flag with their AR-15s. They were uh, irresponsible in their in their actions, as well as uh, Illinois. Uh, and Virginia, you know, so th the ignorance is not uh, um, just uh, isolated to one ethnic group or one sexual group. Ignorance is ignorance, period. And you call that stuff out. But when you start to uh, isolate or identify specifically and say that, oh, only this group is doing it. And, and that's why I added that one piece at the end about the years that I worked, you know, as a police officer and had to deal with the violence and ignorant behavior of some who were part of the uh, uh, Latin American community after their celebration, then they would go out and disregard uh, policies and, and New York laws to, to uh, municipalities blocking streets and firing off uh, guns in communities wherein the round could go in and strike someone and kill them. They did this year after year after year after year. Nobody called out the Latin leaders and say, Hey, deal with your people. Tell them, to, you know, that's that's some foul uh, stuff that he did. So, yeah, I, I definitely had uh, a problem with uh, him doing that and making that statement like that. Had he had left the ethnicity out of it, I would have been good with it because he was calling out something that, that was needed to. You know, those young individuals didn't have to be out there uh, like that, even though uh, they lost a loved one, because we all have experienced death and we still experience death in our family. So they're not experiencing anything that we've never experienced. But the way they did it out there, uh, it put a lot of people at uh, risk. And so um, I can't uh, I can't condone their actions no more than I could his. And that's why I had to make a statement uh, on my page. And I'm glad you brought that up. But. You know, it's a, you know, like you said, it's a problem across the board. They're always doing. Uh, and when I say they meaning uh, those who are ignorant to cultural um, um, practices and whatnot, and those who are ignorant to our history in this country, uh, really in, in the world, black and brown people are constantly being held to a higher standard. OK, um, and constantly being disregarded or marginalized. And, you know, enough's enough. 2020 is well overdue to to not have to be apologetic about uh, your color or the, the, the texture of your hair. OK. Uh, and, and the way that you grieve or celebrate uh, life. Well, I think the biggest thing right now, especially with that individual, 
uh, the city councilman is the fact that there are instances where you may get some brown people per se who forget they are brown people, uh-huh. right? They want to align themselves with, you know, their white colleagues or white counterparts because they believe it's going to be advantageous for them. Right. They don't see themselves uh, aligning themselves with black folks, African-American folks. They'll see that as a disadvantage or deterrent to what they want to do, especially when they're talking about certain positions or getting elected. They will go into the community brown community, black community, mixture, white community. They'll go into any community and they'll do and say what they have to do and say to get votes. Uh-huh. Now, the individual gets the votes from black people, brown people, white people, diverse. And instead of him being a very diverse politician, he becomes a divisive politician. Right, right. All right. When it almost, I'm not going to say it the first chance he could get, but when something pops up where he could made a statement or make a choice words, he puts a tinge on it by using a, a, a racial overtone and a deep racial overtone, basically telling leaders, hey, black folks, get your black people in line. You know, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I'm sure that if somebody had said during the Puerto Rican festival, hey, Hispanic leaders, get your Hispanic people in line. They're driving all over the city in their car parades and firing guns and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right, instead right. Instead of working together, instead of working together to make sure that the activities that go on during the Puerto Rican Festival were safe activities, uh-huh. uh, you know, nobody went and made it a racial, uh, a, a, a divisive racial circumstance. Uh, but, you know, like I said, he is now, since he's, he's now in office, he's relaxed He's he's comfortable now. Now he can come out with his true thoughts. That's what normally happens. They come out with their true thoughts. He wouldn't have dared said anything like that. Yeah, during, during the election. Campaign. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. He wouldn't have dared said nothing like that. Okay. I don't think he's that stupid. But you but you know you don't know. <laughs> but now once he gets when once he get in the office, now he can sit in that chair and now he can make a dumb, crazy statement. And now here's the backlash. The backlash has to be severe. The people who voted for him have to say, hey, what the hell are you thinking? You right. want to explain that? And now I'll come back and say, well, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the extent of his apology was, if he had one. Oh, yeah, he had wording was. Yeah. So I don't know exactly what the wording was, but, you know, it's not he, he can apologize. But the underlying sentiment still remains. OK, and it shows you now his true colors for the most part so but even in his apology you know i i read the apology and he still doubled down on the fact that you know i i, I maybe what I, I i said it the wrong way but i still mean you know this thing and so from, from my standpoint that racial component was still in the air and I yes. think he felt that way because he actually took down the apology post. So, you know, I think that there, I think there, there is some pressure on him. Uh-huh. Now, what that pressure looks like, I, I'm, I'm just not sure because I haven't been that much involved in, you know, that particular incident. But I, I'll just say this, you know, if 
if we have any leader who's going to let, let's just go back. We got rid of the weatherman, you know, who made uh, uh, definitely made a, a racial comment. Right. So if we if everybody could stand up against the weatherman, then I believe everybody should just stand up against this particular guy. And if if he's not if he doesn't feel enough pressure that he needs to resign from that position then let the people speak when it's time to re, uh, reelect uh, him to that office and not let not put him back there. All right. So, P, yeah. let me read this to you, because this was his first uh, post. And then I'm going to look for that apology so you can that way you can interpret by your own listening. So here he put out the put out the first uh, post that the newspaper uh, was able to uh, collect. And that is, uh, dear black leaders, how about you stop pushing for racial disparities in the medical field because of black coronavirus deaths? And focus on keeping your constituents safe at home so they don't get in, get it in the first place. Uh, this is also what happens. Okay, you want me to stop there? You don't want me to? Yeah, stop right there for a moment. Okay. That right there was a specific dig at the mayor after she came out and was given these disparities. Uh, with the coronavirus. Well, that's why I was yeah, going to read that. That's why I was going to read that second piece because he he specifically uh, named it. He said, "Look, this is also what happens when our mayor takes three weeks to finally decide to be a leader and speak to the community about staying home." So again, yeah. you know, everybody that's in the city knows that he has a a a uh, uh, an angst or some kind of uh, axe to grind with the mayor, right? Because he's come out before and said. Other things before, and you know what? If it's political, and you keep it political, that's fine. You can agree to disagree and not like or not uh, feel that you are in line with a person, even though y'all might be in the same party. That's okay. But my thing is when you start putting and interjecting religion or or gender uh, and ethnicity, you know, you start bringing in these other components, disabilities or whatnot. Now you're being uh, um, discriminatory, and and that's what. Most of the folk that saw this was up in arms about was the racial uh, disparity and the overtone that he had on that and the fact that he's in this position. Yeah, he said he basically said to the mayor and to the black leaders, quote unquote, set aside the uh, the talk about uh, racial disparities in in the health care about coronavirus. Mm. So he's telling he's telling the black leaders and the mayor and the black community, hey, uh, we, we I don't care or we're not that we shouldn't care about your concern over the disparities in health care relating to African-Americans during this pandemic. Mm -hmm. That right there, that right there basically threw a that throws salt into the wound. Of course. Right. First, of course. first, he's throwing it. First, he's throwing this dig at the leaders. He's making it racial by saying, hey, not community leaders talk to our folks. Black leaders get your people in line. That's right. what the undertone is. You know, he's first he says that. Then the second part of it is we're just not let's not even talk about uh, disparities in in medical care concerning black people. You know, uh, if you do things and tell them what to do, they won't get it and catch it or get it in the first place. And I'm right. like, well, wait a minute. I'm sure that there is, unfortunately, there are white people who have who have caught the virus. There are Hispanic people who have caught the virus. There are black people who have caught the virus, Asian people in that community. 
This is a time when the community should be gelling together. This is another opportunity lost to show unity within a community. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And for him to do it and to put he he threw the he he started the fire. He threw gasoline on it. Mm-hmm. And now, like Owens just said, you know, uh, if you can't impeach the person off of the uh, council and he's not going to resign off of the council, mm-hmm. the only thing you can do legally is uh, when it comes around for re-election, you know, run somebody against him and bombard the airwaves and everything else with what he said mm-hmm. and what he's probably going to say. It seems to me that this person, he's walking around city council, but he's sniffing at the door leading into the mayor's office. That's what it looks like to me. Okay, so he's let me get up. He's drawing up stuff, trying to get stuff against her so he could possibly use that as a run against her with uh, next election time. So let me give you the apology then. Uh, so, so the apology is after a few respected leaders from the community reached out to me and talked. Yeah, and talked it out. I can agree that my prior post was in bad taste. The message, no matter if right or wrong, was drastically missed in the language and lack of tact I used. I do apologize and still need to state this. Stay home. If you feel the need to be out in public, keep your space six feet and stay away from groups. I understand we want to mourn our losses, but we also need to find safe ways to do it right now so that we don't have even more that come from it. So for me, the yeah, you remember the episode of Stanford and Son when um, when the police officer, when the white police officer would say something. And Mrs. and Fred Sanford would look at the black cop to ask him to figure to translate. Right. Translate what that means. Right. I mean exactly <laughs> what I said. Right. I meant exactly what I said. I probably should have said it in a different way, but I meant exactly what I said. <laughs> And and again, that's that's the piece that keeps coming back. It's like, okay, you stated what you stated earlier, and now you're giving the apology. But you got to add that but like I apologize, but it's like, no, how about you just apologize, apologize and shut up. Okay. at this point, everybody already knows what they should or shouldn't be doing. So for those that disregard, they don't have to be ignorant. They just uh, are narcissistic. That's all. And that and that runs in every ethnic group, every uh, religious group. All right, we see it when we saw it when the, the again the, the, the Hasidic Jews are down there having uh, hundreds out in the street for a funeral, and then when the cops come up to try and stop them, they spit on them. I think that's just conscience and stupidity. That ain't ignorance, okay? And that's why I know he could have shut it up after he did his apology. He didn't have to add nothing else. Like he's still educating the ignorant poor black folk because that's the way it came across to me. But that's just yeah, he me. He had the opportunity. He had the opportunity to apologize. Okay, like you said, he should have made it short and sweet and uh, heartfelt for the most part. Right, I was wrong. Now, now, yeah, now he's looking at what he should have said in the first place. In the first place, as a community leader, an elected official, a person of color. Okay, this is what he should have said. This is what he should have said at the beginning. Hey, everybody, stay home. Please, everybody, let's not be irresponsible. Let's not be in a situation where we can contract the virus 
and or pass it on to other people. Absolutely. We have to social distance. He can do all of that, encompassing everybody into it instead of saying, yo, you Negroes need to stay home. <laughs> y'all Negro, y'all Negro leaders, get, get your people in line. Yeah. You know, that, that's ridiculous. He, the, the racial overtone from a person of color directed at another group of color is just horrendous. And, you know, to be honest with you, you know, the pressure should maintain on him until he finally gets his act together and become a little bit more appropriate. If not, you know, this stuff needs to be built up and shown and documented and dated. So this way, when it comes around for his reelection, we're now son, the people who I'm not going to say maybe donated his campaign because they don't get, really get a lot of donations for city council. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I don't think people are going to forget that. Yeah, the people who supported him, the people who marched with him, the people who uh, were maybe door-to-door with him and was walking around with his campaign stickers and buttons on, you know, uh, they will think twice. They would definitely think twice about, you know, standing next to this guy if he's showing this this, this racial animus. Mm-hmm. I would, I definitely would think three times. If I walked with him, I would definitely think three or four times about walking with him again because people are going to see me with him and I don't want them to associate him with me or his thoughts. Yeah. You know, that's just as, a, as, as, a, as an elected <laughs> official, community leader, that's what, that's, that's a problem. Well, they, they position, they, they position his, uh, position on the, uh, the parade route, uh, just behind me. So like I said, uh, he, we weren't walking together. Um, yeah. I want to clarify that part. <laughs> I was running yeah. my campaign. He was running his, but we were in that position. So we were close enough to, to, to have conversation, uh, during the time that it was, you know, stop or go, uh, in, in the, uh, the parade, uh, procession. And, and, and one of my former boxing students, uh, w- was with him. So it was like, you know, I had a, 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 you know, a good cordial conversation with him because I was talking with my student, you know, my former student. And then, you know, he introduced me to him and, and we had had a great family you know uh it seemed like just uh you know he was a, a, a smart young man i mean i think his his family does some some taxes in the city and and he's you know so he's got that uh that piece you know as far as a small business owner um and and then i think he delves in education uh here in rochester as well so it's not like he's lacking the understanding uh of what his statement uh, had carried and, and still carries it's just the fact that he is uh to be callous uh and 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 to be um inconsiderate man about using uh race as a part of his um uh, corrective or 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 uh teaching moment you know where you can't reach folk when they're grieving you know you sometimes you have to let a person do what they do because to try and stop them is worse. And that's what the mayor was trying to do was that she didn't want to put the police in a bad light. It's bad enough that uh, law enforcement and African-Americans uh, have this distorted history, you know, and it's not because the African-Americans did it. You know, it was how the police departments were used back then and still have some uh, semblance of it today. And so, you know, th- there's a reason for the distrust and and the uh, the, the the not so um, fond fondness of one another, uh, more so from us to them than them to us. Even though when we look at the disparaging shootings and abuse of beatings that have taken place, you know, because they fear for their lives when there was no fear uh, in their actions. 
you know, he's got to be a, a more situationally aware about his statement and like that because him being in that position holds weight. And if he didn't think about it, if he didn't run it past somebody before saying it, shame on him, you know. So that is too blue to be black, too black to be blue. We are here on the My Tribe Radio Network, uh, powered by Brass Radio One. Uh, we're halfway through the uh, the first hour here, um, and I would say, unless we want to uh, kick that can down the road a little bit more, we we can jump on some more uh, social economic issues like uh, the pro sports in the NFL and. The war words between Cuomo and uh, and the president, man, on who has the power to uh, start this rollout. <laughs> hey, don't 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 use that word. Don't use that word. The P word. Don't use that word. Do not use that word. That's a, what, what's that term? An oxymoron. Don't use that word. Okay. Uh, I would say a war word between Cuomo and the current occupant of the White House. All right. I don't use I don't use the P word with, with this individual. This individual is not the P word, trust me. Not well, that P word. There's a couple other P words I could probably use, but not that one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well we know that he shouldn't be using any of the P words because we heard that in his first run uh here in the uh the campaign and it and it all started in that little trailer with Billy. Yeah. Yeah. He is nope. Check this out. If if you notice you should, we should have known that the current occupant of the White House was going to begin his 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 childish actions because if you look at Cuomo and what he's done when he had that press conference with those other governors coming online, uh huh. Yeah, notice what happened. They all thanked him for bringing them together. That ex man, I, I, I read yeah. that. I'm like, wow. That's power. The president ain't gonna like that. <laughs> well, no, he, yeah. he he didn't like it. He don't like it, and he and you know, and he can't help it. I mean, come on, Cuomo came out more presidential than uh, IQ forty five has, and he yeah. rolled and he rolled his his daily briefings out. Man, he was succinct in his statements. He looked to the left, looked to the right to his people that were the experts in the field and he was like look i don't know everything or half of some of the stuff i'm about to talk about but i do know the person to this side of me does i know the person to that side of me does and when your question comes up that is in their area they're going to speak to it and that's how he sure. kept going through it man and it it, it was very organic it it, it 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 left a warmer sensation for me in my in my anxiety of being in here uh, wondering, okay, uh, am I going to contract this thing? Just going to the store to get something to drink or or to get some food or whatnot? Because now I got to measure and uh, how uh, long I go somewhere and how often I go there because you know this thing has no real um, definitive way that is transmitted. Okay, and who is actually uh, carrying it because they're not everybody manifests the same way. So I, well, I yeah. oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just gonna say, I, you know, I'm, I, I, I was, I, I look forward to uh, his briefings every day, be more so than I do from the follow up that they give the president, which is uh, is almost like watching a cartoon. The, the main problem is that uh, Trump sits in front of that camera. He can't go 
and run his Klan rallies all over the country. You know, uh, you know, instead of call it Air Force One, I call it KKK One. You know, <laughs> it's, 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 it's ridiculous. So now he's in front of this. He's in front of cameras every day doing the propaganda, trying to pump himself up. Oh, well, we, we've done way, way more testing than anybody in the world. And, I, you know, and, and then uh, reporters and, and fact finders and fact checkers are like, he's telling a lie. He's telling a lie. He's telling a lie. Uh, and the, the point is, we've gotten so used with the saturation of lies. Uh-huh. You know, I just say everything that comes. If he, if he came outside right now and said, hey, the sun is shining across the country, I'd be like, he's telling a lie. All right. The main problem is right now is that people, people want to, uh, they want information. He's, he talks about his, his, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the confidence he's having every day, how high the ratings are and all this crazy ass mess. Right. Nobody, nobody is looking at those news conferences, okay, for entertainment value. People are looking at those news conferences, myself included, every now and then, for information about what's going on in our country, what we need to do to get this uh, disease flattened, people to be safer, people to stop dying. That's why I want to get the information from our government, per se, not because it's entertainment value. I'm not sitting in front of the TV with a, with a beer and a, and, a, and a big old thing of popcorn watching the Trump propaganda show that's not the case this is not bachelor this is not celebrity apprentice and all of that crazy reality show mess this is life and death and to see and hear what's going on with him and how they're doing uh, attacking reporters name calling telling people to shut up and be quiet and all this other crazy mess i'd be like if i was sitting out there i'd be like boy you would be glad the secret service is standing over there because i'd go up there and slap the mess out of you you know what i'm saying <laughs> no that's it's, right it's, it's so it's so embarrassing it is so embarrassing across the world across the world and the only people that kind of like align themselves with trump are other idiots like him right like that guy down in brazil and i think a few other countries uh, uh north korea oh great the person who's supposedly the leader of this country is buddy buddy pals pals with the with the leader of North Korea, the same guy who wants to throw nuclear weapons into Los Angeles and uh -huh. in the West Coast, in Las Vegas, you know, which makes me very very cognizant of what's going on. All right, we knew what type of individual this person was: incompetent, unqualified, over his head, et cetera, et cetera. Now we got this pandemic going. Everybody in the in the world knows what to do with this situation, but Trump. And now he's trying to make it in a situation where money will be going into his pocket, his company's pocket, the big businesses that, you know, rely on him doing stupid stuff. Uh -huh. You know, the states fighting each other for medical supplies, the federal government hijacking medical supplies like it was the, like the wild, wild west. You know, they robbed <laughs> it like the stage coaches. OK. All Our right. States order. Yes. Yeah, states ordering um, supplies. And then being told, well, yeah, we got your order for these supplies two days ago, but the federal government has now taken over all of our inventory, so you're not going to be able to get your... The governor of Illinois basically threw his hands up and said, I give up. That's what he said about three days ago. I, how, you, how does the governor of a state say, I give up? Well, we're going to hold that thought for two seconds. I'm going to bring Kyle in here so we no, can... Uh, no, 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 no
Yeah, yeah. He just uh, he just called and said he's available. So let me bring music up. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll come back in, and we'll have Mr. Sure. Banks online with everybody else here on Two Blue to Be Black, Two Black to Be Blue, uh, powered by Brass Radio 1. Yo, yo, yo. All right, let me merge that call. All right, we were back. We're back. We got Mr. Banks on the line. So, uh, Mr. Banks, I, I don't know if you uh, were listening offline there while we were talking, but we are uh, we are knee deep. We covered uh, the uh, the councilman's. Uh, um, statement and apology, and and now we've moved into uh, this uh, sports and 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 uh, the uh, the governor and and the president, or I should say the president, the governor of New York and IQ 45's uh, meeting of words. How about that, P? Is that better than the other one I said before? Yeah, that's better, way better. <laughs> that's, that's, that's more. That's more indicative of what we got. All right, all right. Well, Mr. Banks, well, man, we're glad that you were able to make it, man, because uh, uh, I think someone missed you. I'm just gonna put yeah. that out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure who that could be. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Uh, Pete was on here yapping so much he couldn't even text back to let me know where to call in at. Pete, Pete loves it. It's, all, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I love to get get up and get dressed and run all the way to the strip and sit around a damn bar uh, oh, looking man. like Chester and shit. And, no, I, I enjoyed that, Kyle. You took me out of the house. I could have been sitting home watching TV. It was a Friday night. I, I had nothing else to oh, do God. but sit. <laughs> well, look, man. Uh, don't, 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 hey, don't let me. You, you better watch your back. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we do on Too Blue to Be Black, Too Black to Be Blue. These are my these are my fellas, man, right here, man. And this is how we we get down, even when we're not doing our uh, the show. When we just sitting uh, in a in a restaurant somewhere talking about life, talking about things that impact black and brown folk. Uh, from our perspective, you know, um, we all have uh, good jobs that uh, that keep us in the community. Uh, we we also are activists in our own right, uh, and um, and so we come from different uh, age brackets, uh, social economic brackets. But one thing we do have in common is that we are black men uh, in this world today that don't always recognize um, our intelligence and the things that we bring uh, to uh, the community and the uh, betterment for that. So I, I just want to say that, uh, you know, I enjoy when uh, when we start to banter back and forth a little bit. So, uh, Owen, man, I, I don't know, man. We may get two words in. We may not uh, with these two right here because they've been at it for the last couple of days. <laughs> uh -oh. Uh -oh. Well, it, what, what, your, what your listening audience doesn't see is the text messages that go between them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's, that's I'm not texting. I ain't texting nobody. <laughs> I know you ain't paying attention either. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not texting, I'm not texting nobody. I'm not listening to this. Oh, man. The crazy, the crazy part is, you know, like, you know, me and Pete, yeah, we're talkative, but, but Owen, I mean, if, if someone had to choose the crazy one in the group, wow, it's, 
It's old. Wow. All the way. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I didn't see that yeah, coming. He could be, be a little radical. I've been at enough of the, uh, the, the, the distillery meetups to know how O gets down. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say about that, O. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. I needed to die. I thought we were friends. <laughs> oh, man. I, I told you last time after that kiss the ring, man, but the friendship is done. I'm, I'm coming for you the same way I'm coming for P now. It's equal ground for everybody. <laughs> Oh, we got what? Because I gotta get off soon. I just wanted to make sure I stopped by to say what's up to you guys. But um, Michigan, and the fact that these people were allowed to go crazy in Michigan, yeah, protesting because they, I mean, the videos are ridiculous. I mean, hundreds of cars honking. Yep. Rifles out. Yeah. On the on the on the stairs, calling it out, and when they put them on video, you know, we we, we want to be able to go out and buy our own stuff. We're tired of being in the house. Now, when privilege is tampered with in any kind of way, mm. it is given full right Say that. To, to cause rain and hellfire in in the state of Michigan. Right. But when we congregate over a life lost. And I'm just going to bring it back to that because I know y'all was talking about all that. But, like, we congregate over a life lost, and it needs to be brought up to to the governor. And I'm not even hearing the same people talking about what's happening in Michigan. So it just still points to the fact that, like, you cannot do anything while being black. And that's just the – that's still the, the – it doesn't matter what year you want to talk about it. We're in 2020. You can't do anything and be black because the way these people were acting in Michigan – Yeah. Well, I mean, you got the other piece to that, too, is that uh, within the last day uh, you have um, I forgot who it was. I think it was the governor out where you are, P, uh, that uh, either there or in Colorado, but in, in the Western Hemisphere. And he was saying that, look, we are tired of listening to the science, the scientists and the medical community tell us how to conduct ourselves in public. So I'm like, wait a minute. It wasn't, it wasn't Nevada, that's for sure. So I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. You have the expertise of the doctors and the scientists, the people that are dealing with this, this uh, virus, both from a medical standpoint and from a scientific standpoint. They're telling you the best measures to take with this type of virus. And you're saying, I just want to go and do what I want to do in public. And I'm tired of being told how to do that by the people that know the best way. So I just had to say that when you said that whole thing about the arrogance of, of privilege, Kyle, I had to bring that piece up. And, and also, you know, because we talked a lot about millennials being an issue, but what, why, why, are these, why are these people not being called an issue right now? That's extremely radical. And what it's going to do, because our lack of leadership or our lack of, 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 of anybody in that house that we call the White House doing anything of any real importance at this point in time, they're, they're not creating a good message. So that people will shut up and sit down. They've they've caused so much confusion that that this is even allowable to happen in Michigan, right? So now what's going to happen is you're going to have this joke of, of a president come up and talk about how people are demanding that it's not just the businesses that want to open up. You know, take a look at Michigan. People are demanding we reopen. I have to do this for the people, guys. I mean, he this lack of information is creating like. Um, you know, it, it, it's its own kind of like 
perpetuation of death, I feel like, that's going to be coming from this regardless. It, mm -hmm. it is sad. It's really sad. The official, the official uh, response from the governor of Michigan was that those individuals were exercising their First Amendment rights. That was the official response mm. from the governor from the state house wow. now talking about that particular governor out west i'm not sure it wasn't gavin newsom in in, in california that's for sure and it wasn't sisolak in nevada it might have been that late that, that the woman that i forgot her name the governor of south dakota it might have been her yeah i, but, I, I uh, would pull it up thing, i, I want to find out who that is yeah but the thing <laughs> is is that the governor of south dakota is hearing stuff from the voters of south dakota that's why she's ignoring stuff from the people in Washington and the people at the CDC in Atlanta, because those folks don't cast votes for her and her uh, administration in South Dakota or the people in North Dakota or that 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 clown down in, in, in uh, Mississippi and Florida. Yeah. OK, that's what they're saying. Those po I'm listening to the people who vote. The, the constituents in South Dakota want it open. We only have, I'm just using this numbers, we only have 200 cases in South Dakota, and that was over the space of the last three, four weeks, and we're, we're, we flattened the curve, and we're good to go, and we are not a tourism city like New York City is, where hundreds and thousands of people fly into New York almost on the hour. Los Angeles, mm -hmm. Miami, they're like South Dakota, North Dakota. My nearest neighbor is a mile and a half away. That type of stuff, which I can see them saying that. I can understand that. Mm -hmm. But because we're not getting specific direction from Washington because they don't know what to do. All right. They don't know. They don't understand. We're having this problem. And now the states are, quote unquote, having to fend for themselves. And you got just because just because a person got elected governor, that does not mean they are competent for that position. So let me that tie it. That means they got one vote more than the next guy. So That's let me, all that means. So let me tie what Kyle was saying together with what you're saying because I, I had this quote, right, that uh, James Baldwin uh, uh, put out there years and years ago, and he was saying that uh, uh, white is an attitude and black is a condition. And so – uh, Kyle was talking about the attitude, the privilege. Uh, you're talking about the voter and, and that, that power paradigm of I need to be elected again, so I'm going to disregard common sense. Well, I mean, here I'm looking at the, uh, the article from the NFL saying that they fully intend to play its full season in 2020 despite the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. Uh, league executive that was Jeff Pash uh, said in the conference call earlier this week. And then you also got Dr. Oz, who came on yesterday and, and made a, a statement where he was saying that two and three percent is an is an acceptable death or mortality rate of children should they allow them to go back to school uh, Listen, uh, this year. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to pat myself on the back too much about this because it's horrible. But man, it sucks to be right about this 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 situation right now. It really sucks because P, we just had this conversation, and you were saying, man, these guys are gonna tighten up the money. There's no way they're doing it. And I said, man, I don't know. They're gonna take the chance because it's really not their lives at the end of the day. Right. They don't care as long as they get that extra dollar in the bank account. You know, not doing anything is more of a loss at this point for them because they're so used to bringing some type of money in. And now you see exactly what what they think about human life. It's numbers. It's a percentage. 
And it doesn't matter to them because their families are okay at the end of the day. It's all boiled down to, yeah, you know, we look at numbers and say, man, 20,000, 30,000, this is crazy. I can't believe that many people are dead right now. Right. They're talking percentages. So that just lets you know when people start talking percentages, how much they really value human life at this point. And that's in a matter of weeks. We're talking, what, six weeks, six weeks, seven weeks. That many people died in six, seven weeks. Right. And, and what's the yep. per, what's the percentage of uh, black and brown players on, on the NFL? <laughs> About eighty uh, percent. Uh, okay, and then we look at 75%. the and then we look at the baseball. We had, do we got a number on baseball? Uh, baseball is way lower than that because you know they got a lot of uh, you, you got brown people. You got a lot of folks. Uh, that's why I said black and brown. Yeah, you got a lot right. of Hispanics. Yeah, sure okay. Yeah. So Latin I brought America, South America. So yeah. I, I bring that up because again, they're talking about having these players go out, okay, and play in empty arenas or or spar- uh, sparsely uh, 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 attended arenas uh, and live stream them playing taking the they're at risk so you got to have at least some concession people there you got to have some uh um, referees there you got to have groundskeeper you got to have some people there to to be able to have this game done where you can live stream it or or even the nfl so i'm i'm saying that i'm just saying that because look at all the people that this will impact both as players and as support staff and what do they? Players are and, not going to get paid. They're not going to get paid unless they play. So now that's where their uh, position is, as far as you know, being on the field. The owners, like I said the other day, if I'm an NFL owner, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be overly happy if I got to come out and 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 take out of my money two hundred million dollars to to pay my to, to pay my plate my my uh, payroll for that season when we know. We know if there's nobody in the stands, you're not going to have concession stands open because concession concession stands have to have revenue in order to justify being open. Right. Who, who are you selling hot dogs to and pop and beer? There's nobody in the stands. You're not selling it to the coaching staff, even though some teams their coaches act like they drunk the way the teams play. But <laughs> you're not selling you're not selling no concession stuff to them. But you're you know people going you know people going to want to attend, so so they're going to find a way to get them. You know, whether you drive through, like, like right now, look at, I mean, people are driving to restaurants, uh, and and I watched yesterday for my first time in weeks, uh, actually patronizing a business because I just felt nervous about patronizing a place, you know, not knowing whether or not the staff is sick or not fixing the food. So, you know, it was it was the daughter's birthday. We we uh, got her some food uh, from uh, a, a restaurant, and while we were sitting outside waiting for them to bring the the, the food out because it was a curbside pickup. Uh, you seen people with no mask on, laughing and looking around at, at us like we're the weirdos walking into the restaurant, okay, to get this stuff and then walking back out. And I'm saying, you know, one, none of the folk that was doing this looked like us, but yet we're the ones that's irresponsible. Two, a lot of them were younger folk. So again, it goes back to that youth piece. You know, they just I'm I'm too young to get this, and if I do get it, it's not gonna treat me like it does my grandparents. So I could care less. But you know, if they're disregarding to do that, and now you get an arena that opens up and says, "Hey, we're gonna have a game." What's to say these folk are not gonna go out and tailgate just to be close to the event, and then so the places you know they're gonna open yeah, up and bring the food. Gonna, that's gonna be that is gonna be up to the stadium management the team management stadium management the police 
they're going to block. They're not going to have tailgating because they don't want people social gathering. But we're so talking money. I, no, I still, you know, it, it's, it's no, there's no money involved for the stadium for the per, per se for tailgating unless you're charging them to park. You're in charging the them to park. You're charging security to be have, out there. Yeah, that's not going to happen. We know what's going to happen. My, no, I'm I just don't saying, know. My guess is, my guess is, they're going to block it all off, and they're going to tell you know, they're going to make it known that it's not going to be allowed. They're going to block it all off. They don't want to have the chance for social gathering. They don't want to deal with it. The police don't want to deal with it because, you know, the, the, the stadiums and the grounds are, for the most part, private unless the stadium is owned by the city or county. The NFL so fully intends to play its full season in 2020 yeah, despite you know the ongoing coronavirus. I, I you, you want to bet? They're saying that now in April because they're optimistic. They want to keep their fans optimistic. Everybody, the states, uh, the, the governor of California has basically already said there's not going to be any sporting events and that type of uh, 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 sport uh, gatherings. Everybody connected stands to make money, and this whole thing of money seems to be the common denominator. You know, granted, well, there, there, granted, there's an ethnic, uh, an ethnicity piece to it, but for the most part, the driving or the force trend driver on this is green. They're, they're optimistic. They're optimistic that this virus. Is going to flatten. It's going to go the other direction. People are going to stop going to hospitals or need to go to hospitals. People are not going to be dying. Uh, we're going to turn the corner and we're going to defeat this thing. That's what everybody hopes. We all want to get back to normalcy. But science and the doctors and everybody else, the experts, are telling us, hey, folks, start pl making your plans to do things in 2021. 2020 is going to be a year where we're going to have to bite the bullet because of this pandemic. All right. The NFL can want all they want. Major League Baseball, they're talking about bringing all the teams to Arizona and playing in, in, in one city, you know, trying to get a, a schedule in, trying to get the games in. Players can get paid, but no fans. Okay. Yeah. Imagine watching, imagine watching the game. Imagine watching the Bills and the Jets. The Bills and the Jets and nobody in the stands. Just imagine that. I just imagine that this is all about money. And at some point in time, people like they have been are going to disregard the lives of other folk. So if that's not, the case. Not, not the, yeah, not the NBA. Why? I mean, why do you why do you think the NBA is not going to do this? Why uh, again? Why? If you, yeah, because they're all about money, right? So no, I know, I, Marv. I agree with you. I agree with you one hundred percent that they're all about the money. But remember, think about it. As soon as this thing first hit, and the first incident where an NBA player tested positive, he uh, what did Adam Silver do? They shut this mother down when the first <laughs> player, the first player, got positive. The first one guy in the entire league, all the cities, 20,000 people in the stands, all that mess. One player came down, was positive. That shut down the NBA. And unless something else totally remarkable to the other side of the coin occurs, uh -huh. the NBA is not going to basically reopen. The players have already discussed it. The league has discussed it. Everybody is upset because it's thrown it has thrown us out of whack. But like I said a few minutes ago, 2020 is going to be a year 
of recuperation. I'm looking at this stuff now. Uh, 672,000 cases, over 33,000 deaths, and continuing. Right. We have to heal. We have we have to get better. We have to heal. We have to recuperate. Everybody want to now rip and run and go and sit among 65,000 people at a football stadium, people sneezing and hacking and all this type of stuff. The, 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 the virus is still out there prevalent. We're not gonna have people. I'm not going to a football game in that in, in that situation. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think everybody has the same uh, logic or common sense. I mean, we've seen that with well, people social. Luck to them. You know what I'm saying? Good luck to them. <laughs> I just don't foresee it. But hey, this good is luck to them. this is too blue to be black, too black to be blue. I'm your host, Marv Desires, with the good lieutenant. Uh, we got Owen still on, I believe, and uh, he's sitting back there listening to us quietly. Uh, Kyle, we just I, lost. I am. Huh? I am. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, what's what's your take? Oh, I mean, I mean, you you hear me and Pete, we we can go back and forth like this, and, and we have, but I I just can't say that uh, you know f- for good, just because some of the stuff I've seen so far, I start to take a lot of common sense out of this whole decision making piece, because people are doing things that make no rhyme or reason, no rhyme or reason, especially when it comes to money. I haven't really followed the sports aspect of this whole thing. Um, but, like, I've watched the WWE and AEW, those wrestling organizations, they've been having events with no crowd. <laughs> you know, it's boring. Uh-huh. They've been having events. You know what I mean? They're, I think, you know, this is some places we've never been before, at least not in our generation. Uh-huh. And so... There's got to be a way to figure out how to make this happen. Players can make their money. Owners can make their money. Fans can get engaged in something. Because right now, there, there isn't much to be engaged in. You can't go out anywhere. You're tired of watching the reruns. You probably watched everything Netflix and Hulu has to offer by now. Uh-huh. And wouldn't it be nice, a, a breath of fresh air, to see something, you know, different, you know, versus what you've been doing. So I, I really don't I don't I don't know I don't really know how to even respond. It's just that I just know something needs to happen. Well do you want I don't think any of us all three of us are big sports fans just like millions of other people all over the world. We're sports fans. We love our sports. Uh the folks in other countries love their basketball and soccer. We love our football and basketball and baseball. You know, we love it. But is it worth dying for? Absolutely not. That's the biggest thing. And I can say right now that considering what's going on now, mm. if this same situation is somewhat going on now, heading in toward football season, okay, for the most part, the governor of New York is not going to allow gatherings for people to play football or baseball or basketball. It's not going to happen. The governor of California has almost told the NFL, uh, not in my state, not in this year. Right. I mean, that's just the way it is, you know. And oh, and talking about the WWE and them people, the reason why they're having these events and stuff is because that idiot governor down in Florida, he said that the WWE was an essential business, which means wow. they were exempt, which means they were exempt because, oh, Vince McMahon, his his wife runs that super PAC for Trump and Trump is, a and, you know, DeSantis is a real kiss up to Trump and blah, blah, blah. Right. That's why they're doing it. No other, they're not doing, WWE isn't doing events anywhere in the country except the one or two they've already, they just had or going to have 
it's going to be supposedly in the state of Florida because no other state is allowing it. Because it's not only the fans, they also have to think about the people, the quote-unquote, the wrestlers, the participants, uh-huh. the wrestlers and the, uh, the the referee staff and all those people. You know, they have to think about those individuals. The state, how the hell is wrestling a, an essential business in any state, let alone Florida? That's because the individual in Florida does not know what he is doing and is showing and is going to put people at risk. Now, all it takes is one of those wrestlers to come down with COVID-19 and, and, and pass away. And then there's going to be all type of criticism at the governor instead of them highly criticizing it now or the governor stopping it now. They're going to wait until somebody screws around and dies. That's how it normally is, is, is going to go. But like I said, uh, uh, the NBA shut it down with the quickness. Uh, baseball, they're, they're spinning their wheels. They don't know what they're going to do with it. Right. Football, they want to be nice. They want to be uh, optimistic for their fans because the people in the NFL don't know what's going to happen over the next three months. They don't know. But as of right now, can you imagine, like I said the other day, the NFL teams having 70, 80 players in camp trying to fight for a position on that team, bumping heads, sweat, and all this stuff going on, and this virus is running rampant? True, true. It's not right. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Money, I, 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 money. I agree, I agree with you, T. It's not going to happen. You know what? It, it goes deeper than just those sports, um, those, those particular sports. It goes deeper than that because when you think <clears> about it, what does the ESPN have to report on now? What does the NBA channel have to report on now? Well, NBA channel, they can show you old uh, basketball games. The NFL can show you old football games, but they have nothing new to offer. So, I mean, the impact is it, it goes it goes further than just the sports themselves. Um, you know, so I, I agree with you. People shouldn't be put in, in harm's way um, just to make a buck. But... Um, I, it, 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 there, there has to be something that these organizations can do to keep their fans engaged and and, and entertained. What would you do? Well, again, I, I, do, I I'm, go ahead, go ahead. I, I would, I, I, would, I would do what, like somebody else had suggested uh, with with professional wrestling. You know, they have you, they have the ability to create programming right about now that would still keep people engaged. Interviews like what? with uh, interviews with some of the players, um, documentaries. I mean, there are things that they can do that will keep people engaged and that will keep them interested in their product. Mm. Who is who is who is interested in wrestling to begin with? No, well, Pete, you're, I know you're old, <laughs> and I know you don't you don't get into who is interested in wrestling to begin with. I'm just well, listen. <laughs> So they make a lot. They up until this year, they have made a lot of money in professional wrestling. So you 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 can't you can't discount that. But what I'm saying is specifically the idea of being able to create programming that may not necessarily be the sport itself, but revolving around the sport. And you can do that while you're socially distant. Um, I mean, you can you we we're we're on the phone right now with each other. And, and going to be broadcasting to anybody who, who listens. Uh-huh. So they can do Zoom conferences. They can do. They can even do in studio conferences. Uh, but people are separated. So I mean, I've watched Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon every night has been live. Right. And he's live from his from his living room or rec room or wherever. 
and he's interviewing people, he's still keeping people engaged in his product. So these organizations, they can do the same thing. And, you know, what's even better, I'm sure they have the, the, the brain power to figure out how to monetize it. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and that's that's the driving force right there. I mean, it it boils down to the dollar. When I when I see that we don't even we have more conversations about starting seasons up for different uh, venue than we've had about how close are we to this vaccine? Who who all is working on the vaccine? For me, the the priority is how many people we got working on a vaccine what do they need to help get them closer to a vaccine that's what i should be hearing and that's the thing that i hope that will will get more priority than oh by the way uh this kid gonna get a chance to uh go number one in the draft and throw a pigskin for 50 yards down the field and somebody's gonna run into this little green area called an end zone you know what i i don't see that as a priority when i I got to throw the dice on whether or not if I go to this store, it's a less likelihood of catching the COVID than if I go to that store. But I got to go to one of those stores because I'm running low on some on some food that I need in the house. Well, the thing is, you know, also the fact, you know, I, I'm thinking that uh, the draft and the other aspects, especially the NFL, is, is, is going to be there because they they are uh, scheduled events let me put it like that this the vaccine and the formulating of it you know all the stuff that goes into making a vaccine for something like this we know and we've heard it from the, the experts that it's going to take anywhere from eight months to a, a year on the short end right so now we know eight months to a year there's no need i mean i'm not gonna say there's no need to, to talk about it but we can't talk we we we, we can't talk about a vaccine every day because we know it's eight to 12 months from being uh, a reality at the earliest. So what we need to do is in the short term, we need to do the activities and have the conduct that is going to make it safer for us and our families and the people around us. You know, everybody's talking about sports, 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 sports. People watch the sports. They see things. Okay. That's nice and daddy. But now you know, everybody's like, hey, you know, I'm used to being able to turn on TV at 8 o'clock in the afternoon, 8 o'clock in the evening, and have a choice of whether I want to watch uh, right now it would be basketball, it would be baseball. For those other folks who like hockey, hockey is on. There's three, four different uh, sporting things that are going on, golf, all this type of stuff that I could, you know, sit back in a chair and lounge in and watch. Now, because we are in a life and death situation, we have to make changes these changes we were hope would have been short term you know the nba has been offline for just a little over a month mm -hmm. and it seems like a it seems like a damn year all right the nba is supposed to be getting ready to start playoffs this weekend okay not gonna happen all right and the way it looks the nba by the time this stuff even gets anywhere near being manageable the nba is gonna be or should be starting is 2020-21 season. The okay. 2019, the 2019-2020 season, you can basically throw that in the record book with an asterisk. Hey, shortened due to pandemic. And I'm sure people 20 years from now, 25 years, 50 years from now say, yeah, that was back in that year where they had that big pandemic 
and they had to stop all the play. That's why the NBA did not complete that season. Okay, the 2019-2020 season is over. Now they can think about 2020-2021 next year, next season, which Uh will start in October. Okay, this is it's only six months from now. I'm sure we can live without the NBA for the next six months as long as it keeps NBA players and their family from dying. Because you can have a seven-year contract, $200 million, but you can still die of COVID in, in, in a week. Or less. I mean, you've had people. Yeah. That they, they. I mean, look at they found seventeen uh, people in a uh, uh, senior living home. You know, and then they're, and now you're checking addresses and, and whatnot of folk that live, you know, in their own residence because they haven't seen them in a while, and they're going there and finding them uh, dead there, and they got to test them to find out whether or not it was natural causes or COVID. And and it's weird right. that they would say natural causes or COVID like I thought COVID was natural causes so that that raises a whole nother uh, uh, red flag for me with what is this really is this really uh, uh, a virus or is this uh, a biological uh, uh, you know situation that went went awry and now well we need we need statistical information with this particular pandemic we need statistical information for our after review and management and control so we need to have numbers. We need to know what areas were hit the hardest, how and why, what the numbers were, the number of people went to hospitals. All right, we had a thousand people going to hospital A and only twenty people unfortunately died. But in hospital B, we had a thousand people went in there and not twenty people died, right. but hundred and thirty. We need to know how and why and treatment. So we need to do that numbers wise. Because hopefully, hopefully we won't see something like this again. For a very, 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 very long time, if ever. But for right now, in this country, we need to deal with this. We need to put all this other petty mess aside. We need to work together. And it's, you know, between the federal government, because you know who, the federal government is <laughs> battling it. with the states. Say it, say it, say I'm his not name. Say it. No, <laughs> it gives me a cramp, okay? No, because of this pettiness that's going on, yeah. this is what we're seeing. So that's a perfect that's segue. A yeah. That's a perfect segue. Uh, I don't know how familiar uh, you guys are with uh, the three-phase rollout plan or how long a, a time span this thing is supposed to cover, but they did mention it on yesterday. Uh, the IQ45 uh, gave his version of what he says he's uh, giving to the states, uh, and he did acquiesce on his original statement saying that uh, all the uh, – um, decisions rest with him now he says i have suggested this plan uh a three-phase rollout to the governors and, and it's ultimately their decision on doing it and how they do it but i mean what's your what's your uh what's your thoughts or perspectives on that and i'm gonna try to locate uh each point here for you i had it written down uh but um again the first phase is is just making sure that uh, the small businesses uh they get the money they need to get up and running. And I think the second phase had to deal with travel. So let me just take a look here while you guys, uh, you know, bring your points to uh, the audience about what you think about this phase rollout and, and, you know, whose role is it really to, uh, to implement? Well, I think it belongs, it belongs to the state, you know, um, certainly there's certain things the federal government is in control of, but the federal government does not control the state. So if, um, the governors decide that, hey, 
we can re we should be able to reopen now because things have flattened out and we're good to go. And then I don't see I don't personally see where the president has that that oversight. You know? mm-hmm. um, now maybe over certain federal programming, but not state programs. And I mean, and really, in, in all honesty, when should this three phase start to roll out? Because I'm I'm looking at you know uh, some of the other uh, you know like they had this one uh, what's his name Mark Lipset the, the Harvard uh, uh, ophthalmology uh, professor he's saying that you know I wouldn't declare a peak just yet anywhere in the U S. So if you don't have a peak yet, meaning that this thing is still rising, why would you want to start rolling out any type of phase of getting people back to normalcy you know what i'm saying it's like we should still be worried about just staying socially distant until this thing starts to go the opposite direction rather than it's still peaking you know so i i, I don't know i mean what, what what do you think about that pa well the thing is that with this three phase plan the first phase of the of his plan a lot of stuff is already in effect so he's basically washing over stuff that's going on now now looking at phase two where you want to be the step up from phase one that is going to be totally dependent upon what is done overall with the transmission and management of the virus during phase one if that doesn't occur during phase one you're not going to go to phase two and you ain't going to phase three now i noticed in phase two talked about restaurants opening bars opening but the schools are still closed uh, okay, so people can go to bars and restaurants, and et cetera, et cetera, <laughs> and then bring that mess home, okay, to their family and to their kids. You know, we'll open a bar, but we, bars, we, we, we'll feel safe opening the bars, but we won't feel safe opening the schools, uh-huh. which sounds kind of crazy to me. So, you know, uh, I look, I, I'm, I'm very, very skeptical with, with the stuff that his this administration is doing because this, this is way over their head. Mm. They're not listening to the people that they should have been listening to. Uh, they're they're just doing this, trying to quote unquote reopen the economy, reopen the economy. Yeah, it might kill two million children, but let's reopen the, the economy. Right. This is crazy. It's madness. There are liquor stores open right now, <laughs> and I'm still trying to figure why that. I knew the preacher you know. was going to jump that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, Damn, damn. Liquor I'm stores are the essential business. Listen, I know Pierre needs his tangeray and, and, and business. <laughs> but, <laughs> but some of us, we need Jesus, and we can't go to we can't gather in a church. I, we look, can go to liquor store. Come on, man. You ain't gonna get me to stop and say that when I, I look. I agree with you. We need Jesus, and I got a slight. Understand and support with P. Sometimes you need liquor. <laughs> yeah, especially what's going on now. You know, if I'm a, if I'm gonna watch if I'm gonna watch reruns of the 1980 NBA championship, I'll be up here. Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna put it out there. I know, I know for for some of our our more religious uh, listeners, and I have a lot of family members who are uh, in that way. Um, uh, yeah, they they probably gonna be like, "Marv, you need to shut up." You know, you talking about liquor and Jesus in the same set, and you can't do that. Um, but you know, I, it just almost to the point where you 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 know you start to drink um, on on the regular when you sit here and look at some of this stuff. Like you know, like I said, the whole. Uh, I'm looking at this phase roll out now. 
And they said, okay, based upon, let's see, up-to-date data and readiness. So they said mitigate risk of resurgence, protects the most vulnerable, and then implementable on statewide or county-by-county basis at the governor's discretion. And so, uh, you know, it's talking about washing hands, avoid touching your face, the sneezing, the coughing, uh, the disinfect frequently, strongly consider using face coverings i mean you know all of these things we're struggling with in the first guideline it's not even the first phase it's just the guideline on the other side of not preventing or not rather um uh, continue the the transmit so that we can get into that other phase of uh you know like you said opening up some of the uh the businesses and whatnot uh, it's just crazy i'm looking at this oh my god okay do not go to work or school if you feel sick well, I was listening to some of the shows a few weeks ago of people saying, hey, look, I went into this restaurant where you had the owner of the restaurant who was sick. The wife was sick. He ends up dying. The other employees at the place were sick. And this was at one of these restaurants that was down in New York City in a high traffic area where people were coming in and out as a daily stop for their breakfast sandwiches and other things like that. So now. You have this type of business that was open and you put that kind of responsibility in those folks hands and they disregarded it for business purposes. And, you know, now you got to sit back and say, man, they probably contributed to many of those deaths that took place down in New York City. And who else is doing that in other parts of the country? Right. You know, who, you know what? Here's the, when, when you think about that, though, you think about, you know, they, they, they're deferring. You can't be evicted. Right. So you have this business, like you said, that restaurant. Yeah. Let's assume they're renting their space. And so now, if they're sick, they can't make any money. If they can't make any money, they can't pay. They can't make their rent. Right. If they can't make their rent, and even if the rent is deferred, if they're not making any money, they don't have any money to put into that when it's time to pay that rent after all this is over. Absolutely. So they're... They're, they're going to lose their business. Everything that they may have invested into that business and as, as successful as it might have been before all of this, now it's gone. they're going to see their whole dream go down the drain. And so I, I understand why some people feel like we have to go to work. We have to do this. We have to do that. I understand. I get it. Even though I may not agree with it, I get it. Um, and so I don't think enough has been put in place to address those type of issues mm. and as long as those issues are addressed we're going to come we're going to we're going to keep finding people who are skirting around the rules you know for whatever the reason is and then people will continue to get sick again and that here comes that second wave that they talked about mm -hmm. so we have to be very very careful with this rollout we have to be very careful about how we're we're we're, we're divvying out this money that they're giving this stimulus or whatever i mean we need to uh, they need they when I say they I'm talking about the federal government. Right. They need to figure out a way to make sure that these businesses don't fail when we come out of this. They're talking about bailouts for Boeing. They're talking about bailouts for uh, all this and that. But for those small business owners that help keep <clears throat> our economy running, mm -hmm. they need to figure out a way to make sure those businesses don't fail when they come out of this. Uh, let me jump in real quick on that mm -hmm. because. Mm -hmm. With the stimulus that $2.2 trillion that <laughs> they pulled out of, a, you know, like a rabbit out of a hat. A rabbit all of a behind, sudden, right. You know, all of a sudden they could get two point, 
but they want to throw seven hundred thousand people off reparations a, uh, off a, off a wick or snap or whatever what it's called. You know, they want to throw them people. They want to throw those folks off, but they can come up with two point two trillion where they want to dole out money to Boeing and to the airlines and to the cruise ship industry and to hotels. You know, they want to give what do they, what do they want to do? They want to give uh, a fifty million dollars, thirty million dollars to. Uh, to Hilton or Hyatt or whatever this mess is. And then we're talking about the small businesses. That $350 billion in uh, small business loans Mm -hmm. were basically applied for and snapped up in less than a week. $350 billion. And on, you're talking about small businesses, you know, coming out of this, you know, uh, afterward or, or will we get things under control per se, there are going to be a ton of businesses that are not going to come back across the country, right? Because they're not going right. to be able to. There are businesses now that are they're dead, unfortunately, right now. All right, they're not coming back. And you know, you, I mean, a business owner can say, "Well, you know, I owned a, a dry cleaning business, and I think I'm going to lose in the space of a month. I'm going to lose ten thousand dollars." No. That type of money, those type of applications, they're not they're not even looking at those applications because you got uh, uh, United Airlines saying, yeah, that that dry cleaner, you know, he's going to lose a th- he's going to lose ten thousand dollars. We're looking for uh, eight, nine billion, ten mm-hmm. billion, because, um, you know, American Delta, United Spirit Frontier, uh-huh. they're all looking for a piece of that fifty eight billion dollar pie. I mean, okay. yeah, I mean, yeah, businesses like the you know, a coffee shop or you had the brewing places. I mean, you have a lot of places that, you know, again, they depend upon people coming in and out. And it's not one of these essential businesses. So like you're saying, the money, uh, you know, it, it, it is more of it is going to corporate uh, stimulus packages than it is small business and, and, yes. and our and our citizens. And yes. that's and that's the tragedy. Getting, yeah, those those folks, those folks are getting the brunt of that money because they're going in there and saying, hey, we need, you know, you got the you got the dry cleaner needing ten thousand, but you got this other company wanting wanting ten million. And They're here's like, the hey, thing too, me, those me, businesses, me, those businesses, you know, if you bank at a certain bank, your bank may not uh, have any money to sure up a loan because it's not these are not even like grants or anything. These are loans that they're giving them. And and uh, and a lot of these businesses can't get those because the banks have run out of the money. So now they can't do any additional applications. Some of the places says you never banked with us before, so we're not giving you this. So again, this money is going to these corporations, these banks, and they're being fickle in how they uh, disseminate, if at all, to all of these businesses out here that that are going under. You know, so it's it's a shame, and and I'm sitting here looking at this thing. I'm and I'm like the stuff that I read off to y'all earlier was just what they call uh, the gating cri- criteria uh, of getting to phase one. So all that stuff that I read to you before was just the gating position. It wasn't even the phase one, and the phase one again talks about what we've been doing, which is uh, you know looking out for the vulnerable vulnerable in- individuals. Some of us uh, when in public, wearing our mask and, and keeping our distance socializing uh in small groups of 10 or less uh and then minimizing non-essential travel now again that that was phase one which we've been doing during the time that we should have been not doing it at all 
<laughs> you know what I mean? So I mean this yeah. this rollout is 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 kind of crazy because they they they're mixing in stuff that we've uh, uh, been doing in in the time that we shouldn't have been doing, and then they they continue it and have it broken down to even more other phase ones. Like that first phase one was for individuals. This one here, phase one, is for employers, and they're saying that you encourage teleworking, return to work in phases. Uh, common areas they're saying here to see personnel are likely to congregate, interact. So they're trying to tell you to be strict about not allowing people to, to uh, hang out around the coffee or the uh, the water uh, fountain or water machine. Uh, non-essential travel again. Uh, so that kills you, P, going to any of your baseball games. Um, yeah. And then special accommodations. Uh, let's see here for personnel who are members of a vulnerable population again. So that that's for the employers in phase one and then they go into even more phase ones for specified types of employers and then they get into phase two so i mean you know it it it's you're gonna have to sit down and read this thing and then hopefully be in a position wherein you can make these decisions because like you guys were just saying if you're one of these businesses that depend upon uh your your living is depend upon you getting to your business and opening it up for people to come in then you're going to disregard some of these things because it's, it's down to survival. Um, if you have a business that's requiring you to be there because that that's that business that needs to be open and you work for them, then again, it's going to go back to either you show up for work or I fire you and hire somebody else who needs a job because I need to open this business. So I, I don't know who's going to enforce these, uh, these criteria here that they're putting out this, and like you said, oh, you know, you're giving a lot of weight and, and, and you know, responsibility to folk and hoping that they, they have a, a, an ethical bone in their body to, to, to do the right thing. And, and you're weighing it, again, well, risk against reward, survival against, you know, disregarding this, this policy. The, the enforcement is going to be the toughest part. You know, I, I'm here where I work. I work right downtown. And I, I talked about this one last week. We have this population of people who are, you know, not social distancing. Mm-hmm. You know, they talked about the incident with the, with the person who was murdered in that gathering. But right downtown, it happens every day. There's a large group of people who stand out in front of the transit center, stand out in front of the building, which I work, and they're not being moved along. So now they say, okay, we're going to enforce this. Right. Mm. So how do you enforce it, especially in this age when we don't when we got bail reform? So nobody really goes to jail for an, with an appearance ticket. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> so you, 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 you take them off the street for, for 10 minutes and they come right back and you're moving the same people back and forth. So how do you enforce it? So if you can't enforce social distancing, how are you really going to enforce uh, businesses uh, to uh, follow the rules? of this of this phase one rollout right that's a great great statement i don't know what do you got for that Pete? because i i'm i'm at a loss for that one. <clears throat> that type of that type of enforcement is going to be very very hard because you would need to have individuals going into a business and basically catching the violation which most right. likely is not going to occur and then if it does happen it's going to be a civil it's not going to be criminal it's most likely going to be civil where they can be fined First offense could be two hundred and fifty dollars. Second offense could be five hundred. Third could be a thousand. Uh, here in Nevada, you know, with the social distancing and businesses being open that was supposed to close, a lot of folks were hard headed about closing their business 
because they were non-essential and the governor ordered them closed. But what so if now, I say I'm not going to pay that? I mean, how many times you you and I well, have written Nevada, tickets well, for folk that right. uh, do unlicensed operation and then it's suspended yeah. because they got 20 uh, of these unlicensed operations? You know what I mean? So, well, with the businesses, businesses is a little bit different because in the state of Nevada, you have to have a license, you know, you have to have a license to, in order to run a business. And if your business is in violation of certain state laws or whatever, your license can be suspended. Your business license can be suspended and or revoked. And they can shut your business, shutter it up, uh, fine you individually $2,000, $3,000, $5,000 for running an unlicensed business. So there's, there's, there's repercussions. I mean, this is Nevada. You know, I'm not sure if New York, you know, you can have a business. Unless your business needs to be licensed, you don't have to have, you know, extraordinary paperwork for a lot of uh, uh, stuff. Uh-huh. So, I mean, there there's ways to go around, but now you got to get people to do this enforcement. And then, you know, obviously if somebody gets cited, they have a right to uh, uh, have a hearing. They have a right to appeal. And now you got people going into a sort of a hearings or court system, which is not for the most part, it's only operating at about, 10% of what it normally does because they want people, they don't want people in the courtrooms have, you got 30, 40, 50 business owners who were cited for running their business during a shutdown. And now you got them in court. Now you got to have staff, you know, and all this other stuff. So they're going to be kind of hesitant for enforcement. They want people to comply because they're trying to, you know, come to people's, I'm appealing to your common sense. Look, you can't have people coming into your business and congregating and being all close on each other, et cetera, et cetera, you know, they may be putting quote unquote money into your business, mm-hmm. but we're running the risk of infecting 10, 15, 20 people, 30 people a week times the two, three, four, five people, six people they're going to affect. There has been documentation where three, four, five people in a family unit were wiped out by this pandemic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you had, okay. like you said, seven. That's some, serious, that's some serious information. That's three generations in a household. Yes. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. come on, man. That's that's, And that's the thing that, that just like, you know, when you sit here and you look at people disregarding, you know, uh, the, the suggestion or, or the, the policy that, the you know, the executive order that the, that the governor's given, it's like, come on, man. Don't you watch the news? Don't you see where this thing is wiping people out? You know, entire families, but yet you run around here like you're oblivious, and you you could be the very one transmitting this thing from yep. one person to the next. Just because you're not coughing up a lung, don't mean that you're not gonna right. make somebody else do it. You may have just killed your mother or father, right? Right. Because you yeah. wanted to go, you wanted to go and hang out at this location where you shouldn't have been around people who shouldn't have been there, and somebody gave you the virus. And you may have been semi-asymptomatic or fully asymptomatic, but now you pass it on to your vulnerable 70-year-old mother who has diabetes and maybe, you know, a little bit of heart trouble or something like that, and it just ravaged her system, and your mom was dead. That person's mom was dead in four, five, six days because of your irresponsible conduct and actions. Now, I want to say to these people in Michigan— if that happened to somebody in your family, you'd be sitting out there in the backyard firing off your AR-15 into the air because you're mad because you just killed your mother or father, you right. know, because you did something irresponsible. Oh, we're tired of being in the house. Well, sorry, you know. <laughs> 
So that's another great segue to, uh, you know, we talked about the phase rollout a little bit. Uh, you know, we've plenty more to hit on that, I'm sure, down the road as we uh, hopefully get closer to uh, – the backside of this uh, this pandemic, uh, and, and we've covered uh, you know the NFL and, and some of the other pro sports, uh, looking at how they might uh, do their rollout and how the seasons uh, may or may not start on time, and if they do, what what they're going to look like. Uh, but the last piece here, uh, as we get close to our uh, our twenty minute mark here before uh, the two hour, uh, is the testing and prevention. You know, so um, you know we, we we covered I think Wednesday a little bit of. Uh, who is getting or where the testing sites are, are being uh, placed? Uh, Rochester, we we got a, a drive-through that you got to register for. Uh, that is down at the uh, the Hudson uh, Walmart uh, on Hudson Avenue, which is just on the outskirts uh, uh, of town. It's between two, the city and, and the town of Coin, but it's still in a predominantly black and brown uh, area. So at least we're we're rolling out our testing sites here in Rochester responsibly but that wasn't the case a few weeks ago as we looked at la and a few other places around the country where it wasn't even mentioned uh to set up testing sites uh in the um the black and brown communities as well as all the other communities that they were already uh looking to do so i mean how what is what does that look like here uh the the, the testing and, pre and prevention piece i mean how do we start to reach our communities where we don't have internet access and computers and and there's a low trust for doctors and, and science first of all first of all in 2020 people have to stop with this low trust of medical and science they have to they have to stop it because they must go and get themselves tested if necessary they need if possible if possible and most of the time it is if possible they need to get in a situation where they take care of themselves this is irregardless of social economic background status uh how much money you got how much money you don't have mm -hmm. you know uh, social media. We didn't have social media 25 years ago. All right. We talked on the phone. We went and talked to folks face to face. People got information face to face. I don't think that we have to say, well, my grandma can't get on Twitter, so she's not going to know nothing about where to go get tested. That's ridiculous. You know, people are watch people are watching the news. People are talking, and we do have social media. Uh, the grandparents have half a dozen or a dozen grandkids all over you know we need to have people talking to their family members hey grandma uh they're doing testing at walmart on hudson avenue you know go over there and get tested if you want to get tested or you need to get tested or you should get tested uh uh we're having testing at this location first of all the people who are deciding where these testing locations are need to explain their decisions who decided the Walmart on Hudson Avenue, right on the border, 50 yards from Ronaquate. Why wasn't a location set up somewhere downtown? Why wasn't it set up so people could get tested, you know, uh, at, the, at, at, at Blue Cross Arena or the convention center? Centrally located, you know, why isn't there more than one testing site? Talking about Los Angeles, who decided where those testing site locations were? be placed and the person who did decide that or the people who decided it, they need to be called on the carpet why no locations were placed in brown you know uh brown and black communities when people get away with making these 
crazy decisions, this empowers other folks in other locations to do the same. So okay, what do you what do you got to answer problem. to that? Oh, I mean, what and, and another piece to add to that that question I'm throwing out there toward uh, toward you, Owen, is not only what what P just raised, but also, um, you know, what's the church's role? Because we know that most of our black and brown communities, uh, our big social gathering pot, uh, spots, other than the club, is church. And so, if if we're not getting that word out at the clubs because nobody technically supposed to be going to the club right now but the churches you know certainly have been active if not uh the physical um uh attendance the uh the um they're doing the uh the live streams so you know they're getting that word through the so what, what what's that uh you know what what do you what's your part in that i mean what what do you guys think about that as far as that owen i still well, owen owen's still there we lost Owen. Uh, I think. I think. Well, we might have. Well, he may have muted because he's. He's. Uh. Well. Okay. Well. We'll. We'll keep right, that well, on the. <laughs> we'll keep that on yeah, the table for him. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll. We'll save that one for him. Like I said. Like I said a few minutes ago, the people who make the decisions, if these decisions are causing some type of, not issue or controversy, but just showing some type of concern, somebody needs to okay. say, hey, hey, you know, was this was this the L.A. Uh, Department of Health, yeah, L- L.A. County, who made those decisions. Okay, L.A. County Department of Health. Why wasn't there a location placed in uh, uh, Compton or Inglewood or 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 uh, uh, Bell Gardens? You know, I'm saying in East L.A. You know, you know, you got you got what? You got stuff down and you know near uh, Long Beach. Okay, right. Beverly Hills. Wow, Malibu. Wow, uh, but- Simi Valley. You know. Come on, let's let's be. We want to test folks. They're also concerned about the number of tests, how many tests they actually have. All right, because but they're supposed to be Trump making these things, right? They're turning these things out. I mean, they, they they're making masks. Uh, we I've heard nothing about gloves, but I know that they're making masks because you got a lot of uh, businesses that have stopped doing what their primary business is to help make masks and get those out. So we know that that's happening. Uh, but we're talking I mean, tests. We're talking the swabs. Right. We're talking the tests. Trump doesn't want the numbers to go through the roof because, hey, you got 325, 327 million people living in the United States. Even if you test 10 percent of the people, you're talking uh, 32, 33 million tests. Mm-hmm. OK, they don't he don't want those type of numbers because he's looking at uh, where we are in relation to. To other countries like this is some type of competition or game show the hell with that test people as necessary so we know who may be having an issue so that issue can be addressed before that one person infect enough people to kill a hundred people you see what i'm saying i got you this is what we need to do this is what we need to do he doesn't he doesn't want those type of numbers he don't want he i want my numbers to go up that's what's going on well, I mean, they're looking at, like I said, some of the the, the previous articles I read, and uh, and uh, O said he'll he'll get back on in a minute. He's just on a another call, but um, uh, the test uh were developed bank mainly for um people at risk and developing severe COVID. So they were they were looking at just testing those individuals, and then they went to the essential. Uh, but uh, again, now that we've moved into another phase, uh, you know. 
for us as black and brown folk that have uh, been put on the news as saying that we're predisposed to this. And so it is irresponsible behaviors and our underlying health issues. Uh, what do we respond to as saying, well, we know that the, res the resources and the access isn't what it should be. Do we uh, then now take the social media or to uh, the black churches or to other. I mean, we got to have this one collective voice to say, you know what? Yeah, there may be a diabetes, uh, you know, genetically in our family or there may be, um, you know, hypertension or other things like that or even asthma. But this isn't our responsibility no more than it is the responsibility of us to uh, apologize for slavery or to reverse the uh, effects of slavery in the Reconstruction period, right, or, or Jim Crow. So what do we do now and how do we take the power uh, out of the hands that is re-diverting this, um, this, this testing and, and resources to other areas other than our community? The problem that we're having is that we have to have more than just a collective voice. We need to have a lot of people howling at the moon about what needs to be done once we get information from our quote-unquote leaders. Now, we got 330 million, I'm going to use that number, 330 million people. Okay. That's a lot of people spread right. out from, from, from Maine to San Diego, okay, Seattle to Miami. And it's a lot of people, and the system at this particular point was not prepared for this scenario. Well, unfortunately, the folks who needed to have us prepared over the last three and a half years, they spent all their time hobnobbing at Mar-a-Lago and, 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 and sludging around golf courses instead of saying, hey, you know, uh, uh, what happens if we have a pandemic? Uh, the Trump team in the beginning went through a pandemic uh, scenario and failed miserably. And the Obama team that had the, the pandemic group put in place, uh, they got kicked out the door, all right, because somebody, you know who, believed that this would never happen to us and we're not going to spend the money to have these people do, uh, doing this work, et cetera, et cetera. Now look at us. Why didn't the United States have millions, millions of uh, uh, masks in storage in warehouses? Why didn't we have hundreds of thousands of respirators and the, the N95 mask put aside for this type of situation. Well, I okay, think a lot of those things were there. But, you know, again, you're talking about IQ 45 dismantling the pandemic uh, response uh, uh, team or, or department that uh, under the President Obama's administration put right. together. The supplies, the supplies should have been strengthened. All right. If we got masks and all that other type of stuff that was heading toward, quote unquote, expiration dates because they put on expiration dates on everything so we can go buy new stuff okay we sell those supplies to other countries that will buy them and we replenish but no somebody was like well we're not going to spend 20 million dollars <laughs> on new uh masks and gowns and gloves you know uh uh the, the trump administration on a, the start of this pandemic or the information about it the trump administration sent 19 tons of medical supplies, PPEs and all that to China before they assessed the need of that equipment in the United States. Yeah, yeah, right? I, I saw that. Sudden, yeah, now all of a sudden, we're talking about getting uh, equipment from Russia and now China 
is trying to throw, you know, run the propaganda wheel by saying, look, we just sent 25 million tons or we sent 25 tons of stuff to the United States to help them because those infidels did not know how to handle things and all this other crazy mess. All right. Before we knew what was going to happen in the United States, they're sending 19, 20 tons of equipment to another country or sending it to them, sold it to them. They're not giving away nothing. Right. We know what's going on. Well, I mean, you got so China now, making the statements that uh, they didn't even begin, you know, like it, like the coronavirus didn't even originate in uh, China. They're trying to say that this virus came about from, uh, tr um, uh, I think it was workers from Africa who yeah. uh, had businesses and whatnot and doing business deals. <laughs> and yeah, so now, you know, they're flipping the script. <sighs> And, yeah. and and they're getting even to make it even worse. They're taking uh, residents uh, and business uh, residents who are temporary res residents in China. They're kicking them out of the hotels yep. and yep. their apartments Kick that them they out of their apartments. Yeah, yeah, not renewing their leases. So they the got street. them in the streets, homeless, and saying yep. that they're the ones that have this virus and brought it here, even though... And, and not from a scientific standpoint, yep. just straight-out racism. Just straight-out. And for those that do live uh, in housing, before they kicked them out, they sent the uh, testers out there and made them, mandated that they yep. would take the test. So, I mean, yep. it, again, it goes back to that whole uh, racial aspect of here we are in another country. It's global, man. They, they're, they're, they're ostracizing africans uh just to, to say that they're the ones that created this pandemic in their country just because they don't want to be the ones that take the blame for not only creating uh the thing but then sitting on it quietly and yeah. and miss uh miss uh information about how many diagnosed because now that what they add the numbers up here recently and saying there was like another uh two thousand or seventeen hundred or whatever um uh, 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 people that were diagnosed and, and died from uh, the COVID virus. So, so their first numbers that they gave were incorrect. You yeah. know, so in, uh, in, in Africa, Africa, Africa. Ebola came from Africa. Right. HIV started in Africa. Right. Now, now COVID started in Africa because the African countries don't have the ability to quote unquote fight back with that situation. They're right. not saying. You know, these folks are saying, oh, yeah, uh, Ebola started in Missouri. You know, ridiculous, totally <laughs> ridiculous. But now Africa, 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 nobody, nobody's fighting for Africa. Nobody in the science community is saying, wait a minute, there is no scientific evidence at all that says that this situation, quote unquote, started in Africa. We know for a fact that it started in the Wuhan province of China. That's where it started. China if they had owned up to it in the beginning, we right. probably could have done a lot more work to, to, to tamp it down. But China, they don't, they don't want to admit that they screwed it up. They're like, hey, this is going on in our country, and we're going to handle it. Well, they handled it, and now look at us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then for them, now for, now for them to say that, oh, this started after, or uh, a couple weeks ago, somebody from China said that, it started, you know, the U.S. Army brought, started it and brought it into China and all this crazy mess. Uh, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. By the time we found out and knew what was going on and the fact that the, the White House withheld that information for approximately 10 weeks before they had to own up to, well, yeah, well, we, we, we know there's a pandemic going on and blah, 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 blah. 
They knew about it in November. They knew about it. They knew in November. The intelligence community community knew about it. The the intelligence reports Uh knew about it and print and basically told the administration this was what's going on. Well, that's over in China. That's that's not over here. Yeah, but people are traveling left and right, back and forth, China, Europe, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to inevitably hit the United States. Oh, no, well, we're not going to say that. We're not going to say nothing about that because <laughs> it's not here. We're not going to say nothing about it because we don't want people to get, you know, uh, in a panic or unnerved, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, they wait 10, 12 weeks, whatever. People are dying. People are in hospitalizations. States are fighting and bidding with each other mm-hmm. for equipment and the equipment the people who have the equipment are driving the prices up 10 12 15 fold okay instead of helping out and saying yeah these masks normally go for about approximately 35 cent a piece right that's what we're gonna sell we're gonna sell them for like we've been normally selling because this is something else no that mask that was 35 cent now they're selling it for five six seven dollars a piece man i tell you all right this is what's going on people are taking advantage of it it's a capitalistic world, just like, you know, Kyle mentioned. Yeah. Nobody is saying, hey, nobody, a lot of people are not saying, hey, we need to look out for each other. It's capitalistic. And because you got that mentality coming out of the Trump administration and that mindset, this is what's going on. And since nobody has the balls to challenge them, well, Other folks are running, running rampant. I tell you, I, 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 I go back to an article I read uh, back on the 30th of March. And uh, and so when you said that, it just triggered in my mind. I, I can remember a, a certain candidate who I was the um, uh, delegate for, uh, Senator, Senator, uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren. OK. And, and her rep, uh, Anna Presley, uh, they were calling for a um, a study. They wanted to get. Uh, a study on the apparent lack of racial data uh, that was uh, to monitor and address the disparities in the national response to the coronavirus outbreak in our black and brown community. So, uh, you know, you had her, uh, you know, spearheading this thing with uh, with the representative uh, uh, Anna uh, Presley. But then also you had Kamala uh, Harris, uh, senator of California and Cory Booker of Jersey and, and rep uh, Robin Kelly of Illinois. They all signed the letter as well. So. You know, it's not like like you said, you know, you got China sitting on the information back in November. Uh, you know, you got certain uh, political folk uh, out there saying, hey, look, not only do we have uh, an issue with this information coming out of China that was missed, uh, uh, that was aired, but you also have the lack of data from how impactful this thing is in all communities, not just a few communities, but all communities. And that's going to impact, again, this whole rollout. That's why I keep bringing the uh, the the um, the ethnic piece to this uh, discussion, because if you don't identify uh, a major uh, component to the response, which is testing and getting this data no matter how negative it may come across for your campaign iq45 you need to get that data out to those black and brown communities so that we can get an accurate number of how many people are actually positive and then from there how do we respond to uh, getting the um, the medical uh, response to them so 
you tuned in to Two Blue to Be Black, Two Black to Be Blue here on uh, My Tribe Radio Network, powered by Brass Radio One. Uh, we're about uh, let's see, one fifty. Yeah, we're about uh, five minutes out, man, from that two hour mark. So this this is the wrap up session right here. We uh we have <laughs> we had two other folk in uh in the room that have slowly faded out. I think you shut them down, Lou. Yeah, well, they, no, we I'm back. Yeah, um, <laughs> you're back. Oh, see, he, he, he's sitting back. See, like, he's, he's sitting back that. taking notes. Yo, look at how he dipped out the room when I said the whole church piece. I said, What about the church response? Oh, I can't take a call right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on, man. We got five minutes, man. So, what you got? Oh. Out of fairness, listen. You know, this, this, as we know, this whole coronavirus thing has really changed the scope of how we live our lives. And so, you know, moving forward, how we reopen, you know, our country, the economy, um, it, it's going it, to take a measured, uh, um, a measured brain to do this. And we know that the person who sits in the White House does not have that. Uh, capability. A brain or a measure? On, uh, uh, either. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going it's to take um, the people really to get out this year and vote so that we don't have to deal with this thing in the in the future. Uh-huh. You know, if you if you if we go back and we think partly partly the reason why we're in the position we're in is because of his actions. He dismantled. Yes the organization that was responsible for making sure these things don't hit us like they do. So he's responsible. He has not taken responsibility for it. So we need to get rid of him. That's all I have to say on that. Oh, shoot. Well, well, what else, Pete? What what else you got here? We, we, uh, we down to, uh, uh, well, no, we got, I ain't gonna tell you how much time we actually got because then you go <laughs> over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree. I agree with Owen 1000%. I mean, they, we, we had we had the mechanism in place with the pandemic team working in the White House. A great place for them to be. And when this thing first became knowledge to the administration, right, that means the Surgeon General knew. Uh-huh. That means the CDC knew. Uh-huh. And they were shut out, not shut out, they were shut down by the administration to make sure they didn't say anything. Mm. The CDC, the people who are who are who is tasked with protecting us, the Surgeon General, the person who was tasked to help coordinate medical situations and responses in our country. All right, were basically told don't say a word, and it took two and a half months before we found out that this uh, pandemic was ravaging not the United States, but the, was starting to ravage the world. Now, that's totally irresponsible because they didn't know how to handle it. He didn't know how to handle it. He still don't know how to handle it. And now we have to we have this result that is going on. This is the result of incompetence, all right? Not by one person, but a group of people in that building in Washington. Incompetence. And now people are dying because of it. There are... Hundreds of people, maybe even several thousands, all right, that Trump has blood on his hands uh-huh. because of what they did. 
plain and simple, and you, there's no sugarcoating it. Well, all right. I'm going to leave it there. We are not going to even follow up on that because I know that will just start the conversation rolling again. All over again. Oh, my God. But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's Friday. Uh, We'd have made it through another week. Um, You know, we got the weekend. Hopefully uh, the weather turns nice for us on the East Coast. We're not going to talk about somebody else uh, having 80 degree weather. Uh, at yeah, this point 80, in time. I hope, it snows, I hope it snows in Vegas. <laughs> now, 80, it was 82 oh degrees on 82 degrees on Wednesday. 82, and I couldn't, uh, go out, I couldn't even go out and get my golf muscles stretched, wanna, strengthened on a golf course. You know? uh, I don't even talk to you right now. It, it, it's, it, <laughs> don't even mention golf because we got another numb nuts in our group. Who uh, sent video of playing golf when he's supposed to be socially distant? You know, I don't even want to go there. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you are here on Too Blue to Be Black, Too Bad to Be Blue. We had another great show uh, with, as always, the good lieutenant. Uh, uh, Owen, we're going to find a, a, a title for you in here other than uh, um, Owen. We're going to find something else on there. Cause well, well I, I, I am the bishop. There it is. There it is. <laughs> There it is. We got it. So the good lieutenant, the bishop, uh, Mr. Banks, uh, you know, and and then, of course, uh, the, we wrap it up with the millennials. We'll get the Home Depot back in here. <laughs> but I am. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and, 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 yeah Mark, I'm, 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 I'm going to call. I'm going to call Marcos in a little while. We, we got to get him on. Yeah, we definitely got to get Marcos in on this. <laughs> but you got to get Marcos on. But this is your host, Bob Sides, man. Another kickoff here next week. Uh, we'll be back on again. Uh, uh, look like Wednesday is our second uh, our second add-on. So Wednesday we'll come with another new show uh, and then extend it over to Friday. So y'all take care. Be safe. Stay in. And, yes, uh, yeah, be careful, folks. Be careful. And have a great weekend, man.